This podcast is proudly brought to you by Lerato Agency and Lenala Beauty. Hello everybody, welcome to the Pat and Brands podcast with Pat and Bumi. Hi everybody, welcome. My name is Noam Pumelela Sancho and welcome to the Pat on Brands um, podcast with Bumi and Pat. Yeah, we're doing it again this week and how have you been? It's I've been a week since we we launched. We launched. It was it was pretty exciting. I think when we recorded the build up to the the reveal of what we had started, um, and yeah, and the response. The response has been absolutely great. I know we've said um, we've seen quite a couple of people listening on all the the major platforms. So we're we're thankful and um, we're really excited. And going into days. Um, second episode yeah. um, and and the research and the thoughts around that is is also it's it's been a it's been a wild week it's been a busy week um, and yeah we're yeah. here now and yourself Pat how's your week been it's been alright you know I, I mean I'm excited about this project uh, the feedback that I got people texted me on WhatsApp people screen we were celebrities yeah. <laughs> for a week you know for a week people you know. <laughs> Posting on their social media platforms, saying, hey, we're listening, we're loving it. And a special one from um, SA Jewelry Week. They yes, also posted. they like, did. Like, okay. We had, we had actually an Benini uh, on, on, on our brand. On, on our, our launch. La- exactly. Yeah, so on announcement, you know. That was, that was pretty cool. And not to say that personal brands, being individuals who are on it, did not mean anything. You meant everything. Absolutely. But it was also pretty cool to see verified accounts like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure the V, the V, the V is there. You know, Um, I think from my side, I was very excited about that, and yeah, and also from on the business front, you know, we we had a win. You know, every win in business we celebrate. (laughs) Um, We we got a client for PR, so quite excited about that. Congratulations! Can't mention as yet until the work is done. That's when we can announce. Yeah, yeah, but that was pretty dope, and I did some reporting. You know. From the parent brands dialogues, you know, clients, yeah. uh, once they sponsor an event, they want to report. So I was working on that, uh, which was quite, quite good. That's, that's pretty cool, man. So it's, it's great to hear that you are, you've made it through a week, I think. Yeah. Each day, um, making it through, whether you're in corporate as a marketer or any other um, uh, you know, career, uh, yeah. just making it through is a blessing, to be honest with you. Yeah, man, and also planning the pattern brands, the dialogues. The return. The return. Beep, like, beep, beep, beep. You want to do like an actual event, you know. Yeah. With live audience and speakers. I think that's yeah. going to be exciting. I think with, with the, I suppose, with the numbers of COVID going down, I saw over the weekend a lot of mikitis, you know. It's, yeah. been, it's been a lot of, you know, events that are actually live. I've seen a lot of guest appearances. Um, you know, yeah. people are quite excited about that. So it's going to be yeah. really cool. But you know what I suppose? What do you suppose? Like, you know, a concert. Oh, Sun setting, <laughs> girls <Yeah>. dancing. Wow. <laughs> Don't know you why know, I'm be the girls dancing. People but. drinking, you know, just good vibes, yeah. you know. Good vibes, man. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm I'm craving for. Like my my favorite DJ playing, mm. you know. Mm. That's what I'm craving for. No, people are craving for an outing. People are craving for, for a good time under the sun. Yeah. Um, it, it will come. It will Speaking come. about the sun. Yeah. You know, there's been this cool brand that makes us, you know, hide ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> hide our eyes under hide the sun. Yeah. You yeah. know, they're doing something cool. 
Yeah, I mean, we spoke about this, and and when you showed it to me, I thought that was pretty exciting with Ray Ban and um, Facebook. Yeah. I mean, life. I mean, if you thought life was cool, it just gets cooler. You know, it 100%. just gets cooler. But tell us about it. Yeah. So Facebook has partnered with Ray Ban. You know, um, to launch what is called the the Ray Ban Stories. Sure. So classic ray-ban frames mm. with a camera on mm. i think two cameras two five megapixels camera okay and yeah man you can take photos you can capture a video you can also listen to music sure you, you also said i think you can take a call or something or yeah you can take a call because sure. there's, there's speakers you know sure um so yeah but obviously you know people are very much wary mm. on the other side saying privacy you know mm. so imagine now you're at a party i'm rocking or oh, in a meeting or whatever <laughs> <laughs> i'm rocking um, these these last, yeah, yeah these ray bands and i'm recording, recording everything <laughs> yeah yeah so sure. there, there's those concerns but mm. um i think it's going to take content creation on a whole new level yeah that just know. in time type of content. Hundred percent. Okay. No, that's that. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, we would also have seen with you know the cameras that you also in America. You know that the police wear. Yeah, you know, yeah, body but cams. Body cams, but yeah. they're able now to take content of actual you know scenes that are happening at that time. You know. So. Do you think that's where we're going? Like we'll be under surveillance everywhere. In Saudanga, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. how that man, but but, yeah, but we'll they're get quite there. pricey, man. Those glasses, mm. you get about five k and sure. above, you know. But I mean, look, if you if you're having an Apple Watch, and, and I think Apple knows that that whole idea that if you have the watch, you must have the the iPad, then you must have the laptop, then uh-huh. you must have the phone. So yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure there's people who can afford, and and I, I think there's a market for it. We'll see. And what's happening in the local market in and, the world of brands? In the local market, of course, we're keeping to our theme of Heritage Month. I think we've seen two brands that stood out for us this week. Um, we've seen a partnership with Coffee and yeah. Karabo Poppy. Yeah, Karabo Poppy. Yeah, she's, she's popping. She's, yeah, she's popping. <laughs> popping. Hello, Karabo Poppy yeah. is popping, man. Yeah. Uh, I saw the work, you know, mm. beautiful, beautiful. Um, artwork there she, she did for Re Coffee. Yeah, so those coffee lovers who are keen or avid fans um, of Re Coffee, make sure to to purchase your your tin because yeah. I, I think what I love. I about, think I'll, I'll buy it just to keep it. Somewhere. I was gonna say I think what I love about these partnerships with these brands is um it's sort of like you can keep it you know it's, yeah. it's that thing of oh yeah man if you ha- if you have a room divide at home you can put be. it there yeah yeah for everyone to see. <laughs> <laughs> But as a marketer and a, and a brand, you know, enthusiast, I think that's that's what I do. Is if there's something that's that was yeah. one of a kind um, in terms of partnerships, it's just I think I remember seeing the one with um, I forgot the the artist, but it was the Mini Cooper one. Yeah, yeah. And the rooftop was was I was like, if I could just get it, just to keep it. You, you know, know which one I would get? Which one would you if get? If money was not an object. Yeah. If there was a plethora of money. A halala. <laughs> It's cool. Um, Nelson Makam went Porsche. Yeah, yo, like, yo, that's yeah. yeah, that's that for me. You know, ah, man, I love Nelson's work, although mm. I can't afford it. Mm. It's a topic for another day. Yeah. I love Porsche, although I can't afford it <laughs> for, now, <laughs> for now. For now, but I mean, you know what? And this is why we're having these conversations because I think we think there's the glitz and the glamour. The time will come. 100%. You know, when when the when the business is almost on autopilot, because yeah. I'm sure you'll still have grey hairs. Yes. Um, I was saying to Pat, the first time I met him, 
his hairline was by his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> now it's 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 stop it. It's gone, man. No, but yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. A lot can happen in one year, you know. Yeah. If anything, 2020, the movie that was 2020 <laughs> showed us is that things can change quite yeah. um rapidly. Yeah. But our second brand, of course, is Castle Milk Stout. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful campaign that they have. Yeah, man. And it's called Last Stories of, of Culture, I think. Um, and which it's it's basically they found stories around or the last stories around culture because yeah. um, you know, we we felt that or they felt that we've lost, you know, um our African stories. And this will be playing on the twenty-fourth of of September, September Heritage, Heritage Day. Day and I think it's live streamed on Facebook, on Facebook and YouTube, and YouTube yeah. so, you know yeah. what's well, the interesting part I think and it's an insight mm. I think that the campaign is, 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 is based on an insight that mm. you know I mean even when I go home you know yeah. I remember actually I was at a funeral mm. um, the other day and you know someone also saw it, saw it as an opportunity to, to rant and say guys we're losing our culture mm. we have like for example you know because I'm from a village you know that yeah. right yeah. so when you go to a funeral there ladies must cover up mm. layer up and everything I actually was going to touch on that quickly yeah to say we're losing our, and, and that's what the guy is saying mm. is saying look we're losing our culture we have now young people coming like as he was talking his, someone's phone rang mm. he, he, you know mm. the respect of a funeral or someone who's dead you know mm. we and that's what the, the old generation are saying to say we we're losing it we, yeah we, we're mm. gonna become you know um a lost generation yeah i think also you know in in culture there's identity 100 percent. you know and and if you then lose um the culture um, yeah. You, you, there's a sense of identity that you're losing yourself. It. Yeah, and somehow you're losing yourself. Which is which Ubukobako. is sad. But ah, man, we're yeah. here, and and the, for those like we said, do 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 tune in. You know, on the twenty fourth. Yeah. Um, but we have a burning question, and this is why we're here, as always. Of course, you know. Um, you know, where do I start with this one? You know, yeah. because um, a, a lot of times there's this debate that you know entrepreneurs are they made or are they born mm. you know they give big names of you know renowned entrepreneurs that have made it and mm. say they were born from day one when they knew they knew that die this one <laughs> is gonna be a billionaire <laughs> this one is going to mm. you know revolutionize the way we communicate mm. and the way we buy things mm. and then and but the really the burning question is are entrepreneurs born or made yeah that's the burning question that, that is me. our burning question and and i mean we can we will be bent ourselves if we, if we don't have <laughs> but yeah. we have an amazing guest um we have Gilebochile Siputi. Um, she is currently completing, of course, her master's um, in entrepreneurship and new venture creation. And she's going to give us, you know, and we're going to have a, dis- a dialogue rather um, regarding some conversations around our leaders or not even just leaders, but entrepreneurs born or are they made? Um, I think I knew before I went into corporate and, and still in is that I have that muscle man in Oguti. You know, man, it just wants to flex, flex. you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so without further ado, of course, we're going to welcome Gile Bakhile Siputi. Welcome, Askile. Thank you so much for having me in Bumi and hello, Pat. Hello, so hello. So happy to have you here. It's lovely. Thank you so, Thank you so much. Um, so we're going to start off, of course, with with who is Gile? Maybe before we even going to the burning question, because I've I've known Gile since two thousand and 
2016 else i think it's about 2016 and i think i met um an individual who is very strict trust me oh, very yeah? strict um but i think i i aspire to transpire to inspire you're, you're, no. you're. <laughs> but I think in in that and and we'll talk about character traits but there was discipline um that I learned from from her um boundary settings I think yeah. the conversations that we will have and we've we've spoken or touched on in our first episode yes. um but yeah who is Kile Uh, thank you so much. Hey, I don't know about the strict one. Maybe I've just become a little stuck over time. Uh, <laughs> no, but but it was characteristics. I must be honest that I was like, wow, and inspired to transpire. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Thank you so much for that, Timbumi. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, leadership coach, and and consultant. Um, and the bulk of the work that I do is for the continent and trying to get people. Which continent? <laughs> the African continent. Yeah, yeah. you need to be specific. Cow. <laughs> home, home, home. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so the African continent and just making sure that you know, we we are comfortable with conversations around entrepreneurship and we are aware about the different opportunities that exist mm-hmm. and hopefully being able to move the needle to get more entrepreneurs comfortable with calling themselves entrepreneurs um, and operating from that perspective. I love Great. that. I love that. So Girls, you let us know are entrepreneurs born or are they made? Hey, you know this question, hey, from the first time I even entered the space of entrepreneurship, mm. it was a question that was being asked. Mm. Um and to be quite honest, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. Okay. So, if you're doing it from the lens of a theoretical framework and an academic perspective, then the theory and, you know, um empirical evidence suggests that entrepreneurs are made based on the family structure they come from the background they get the financial kind of support that they receive from friends family or fools um the kind of awareness that is made available um from a perspective of being able to discover and experiment with certain concepts of entrepreneurship um but from a personal perspective i think it's a function of both um primarily yeah. because if you view it from the lens of purpose Mm-hmm. and why each person is actually made or, or, or you know born um there is an element of of purpose that we are all drawn towards so from a young age a person will know that they actually prefer um artwork over playing games or yeah. prefer reading over you know other things so for me it really is a function of both so it's an element of purpose and knowing which direction you want to take and we've seen how life makes it so much easier you yeah. know once you're aligned to your purpose mm-hmm. um but also there is a function of learned behavior where you can develop some of the competencies over time sure yeah so kelly you know mm-hmm. most entrepreneurs obviously start businesses under different circumstances you know some of them start businesses because hey like for example myself I started a business because hey <laughs> I mean uh, the situ- because of the situation at home you know um things were not great and I needed to augment whatever I was getting from my parents um or my guardians at the time um at at school then I started selling sweets and I started selling cigarettes because of that so what well, in in your research maybe looking at it from also an academic um point of view what makes people to actually start businesses 
Mm. I think you, in, in framing your question, you've answered the question okay. uh, in a sense of it being an element of um, circumstance. Okay. So some people, what we call survivalist entrepreneurs, um, mm. some people will start businesses out of necessity yes. um, and they're not necessarily looking to grow or scale their businesses because they, they are almost like inundated with the everyday and daily kind of perspective of running their business. So these are the people that are um, making 500 or a thousand rand a day so that they can put food on the table. And it's on a daily perspective, sometimes on a weekly perspective, they don't necessarily have the structure to be able to hire other people to do the work that they do. Um, these are usually our street vendors, um, people who sell at schools, you know, um, yeah. at a tuck shop, etc., um, who retrain them under the survivalist kind of entrepreneurs but you have other types of entrepreneurs you have your lifestyle entrepreneurs you have your um, high growth and impact kind of entrepreneurs you have your born globals your born globals are the ones who right from the beginning um, an inception of their businesses they don't just look at it from a local community they go off and have offices in different countries or even continents Um, and the strategy right from the get-go is to be able to spread their wings and grow multinationals so you right thing that it depends on circumstance um, and that usually guides a person in terms of which direction and which phase of entrepreneurship they eventually go into so obviously the, the born globals would be the likes of mark zuckerberg and bill gates am i right Absolutely. and i mean if we even if we bring it like a little bit more local mm-hmm. um people like melvin lubeka who would go one with his company now mm-hmm. um it was evaluated not so long ago and he's a unicorn you know one of one of the first few people in south africa to be classified under that bracket um of a billion dollar valuation um in a period of like uh, a short period of time basically mm. so we have all those international people yes but we also have more local ones who are born global so it's very possible for us not just to have local brands or local businesses yeah. that are operating but for us to really shoot for the stars and go beyond the borders of south africa sure wow, that's amazing that's that's cool and and Gila, i think you've really touched on different types of entrepreneurs i think um you know if we're to, to define an entrepreneur by the book um we're known as somebody who starts a business with with intent to of course have um financial uh, gains from that but also takes the risks um um, with that but there's also different type of entrepreneurs and I think when, when we worked on Tikazo we, we we learned of I think it was Ritaka and so forth which were brands that were social entrepreneurs um, looking at uh, you know corporates were the ones who were the the and, and how I simplified it was there was somebody paying for for this um, 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 and there was there was a different user however but maybe can we just define different types of entrepreneurs because you know sometimes you think that for example, that model in its own, I think we, we we only saw it at a later stage or after you got deep into it to understand, okay, this is what a social entrepreneur is. Um, you've also touched on global entrepreneurs, but you know, what type of other, you know, um, um, entrepreneurs are there so that we're not limited to one um, where we know it's just a, a buy and selling, uh, whether it's a service or a good uh, type of transaction? Oh, perfect. I think before we even go into the types, maybe mm. defining it, you know, um, the space of entrepreneurship or, or what an entrepreneur is might help here. Mm. So I know there are many different definitions. Everybody mm. from a scholarly perspective is coming up with like more local and decolonized kind of, you know, definitions, etc. Yeah. But the three main things that are important when we think about an entrepreneur. So is this person able to identify a gap or opportunity in the market? 
That's the first one. The second part of it is, are they able to mobilize resources in order to try solve this particular um, gap opportunity that, that they've identified? And the last part, which is the most important part, is around execution. So once they've you know gotten all the resources, they know the solution they want to put in place, they've identified the gap, are they putting action in place in order to solve it? Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't get to that third step, ah, you're a brilliant thinker. We appreciate you. <laughs> you have of, you know, mm. but you are not an entrepreneur mm. if the execution part is not necessarily there. Sure. So if you take this sure. definition, you can apply it then in different spaces. Mm. So you have your technopreneurs, right? So entrepreneurs whose businesses are focused on technology-based uh, kind of businesses, which allows for a parallel world to operate. So you'll have your normal retail stores, for example, where people can go into a store and purchase and what we see in parallel to that are e-commerce stores right where yeah. it's tech and it will a person can buy online and things get delivered to your doorstep so you know that's the yeah. one kind yeah. yeah we also have people entrepreneurs um whose main focus is really around the impact they have in society. Mm. And this is not limited to individuals or people only. It can also be about wildlife, about, you know, nature. It can be um, any kind of positive benefit that we might have in society. I um, mean, you're right in Blooming saying that oftentimes people will always think that the customer and the consumer are the same person. But when we start going into the element of social entrepreneurship, we start realizing that those two are very different. Yeah. So your customer is the person that will buy the, the actual service or product that you want to deliver and then the consumer is the person that actually uses it so let's take an example of school shoes somebody might have an initiative where they want to provide um, high school learners with shoes they'll go off and find family friends and fools to be able to um, sponsor donate i love the fools uh, but they have money (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry Um, get all the resources that they need and then they go off and deliver the shoes to the high school learners who eventually Mm. use the the products you know Um, so those are some of the the differences and also within the space of social entrepreneurship um, how the profit is used becomes very important most people Mm. think that when you're running a social enterprise the enterprise is not making any kind of money Mm. you have to go begging the whole time sustainability Mm. Absolutely. You need to be sustainable. So um, it's very possible for a social enterprise to make good revenue and where they're also generating a profit. Yeah. How they use it is different. For a for-profit business, the all the profit is then declared, or not all of it, but the profits can then be declared to the shareholders in terms of dividends. But under so, uh, social entrepreneurship, um, all the, the profit is used back into the business in order to be able to have greater impact going forward or just prepare for the coming years sure then you have so many others i think let me just touch on two more Mm. you have entrepreneurs um or yeah entrepreneurs who are corporate babies who have (laughs) who work within like existing organizations but Mm. they're able to use the competencies we spoke about earlier on to say am i able to identify a gap in this particular organization can i mobilize resources funds can i get approval from my manager can i build a team etc and then execute on it right um, this is where you'll have different companies coming up with a completely different SKU, for example, or a new product or a yeah, product line yeah. with organization and so forth. Um, what we see emerging now is within the gig economy. So we have gig and creative entrepreneurs. Yeah. So your gig entrepreneurs are like, oh, you're, you know, when people used to call them slashies. 
uh, somebody will say, well, I'm a writer, I'm a producer, yeah. I'm a singer. In fact, that's what we said in our first episode yeah. is that there's a lot of us who are slashers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are entrepreneurs who are able to sell off their talent, sure. um, sell off their product and services to multiple different people. But it, at the core, it's it's them that are yeah. selling the, the skills that they essentially have. Um, and when we look at the creative entrepreneurs, these are people that are able to like sew or you know design things with their hands and so forth. So they're taking their talent and then they're selling that into the market as well. Um, but bottom line is there are many different types of entrepreneurs, to be mm, quite yeah. honest, right? Mm. But the fundamentals is, are you able to take the definition of entrepreneurship and then apply it in the different spaces, industries, and areas that we have? Yeah. Sure. So in 2020, I think we, we saw there was a big demand around um, sanitizers, masks, and all of that. And there was a term that was coined by the media uh, called, uh, it was covered premieres. <laughs> <laughs> So where do you put those? Where do you put survivalists? Where they survivalists? <laughs> but some of them had jobs, you know. Mm. But all of a sudden, they now suppliers of masks. Actually, there's an interesting story of a, a Chinese guy mm. when COVID nineteen was starting out in that part of the world, where there was a huge demand for for masks mm. uh, and and um, what do you call this sanitizers. But he focused on masks, and actually. Did not, I mean, the, 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 the usual, you know, sort of companies that were providing masks, masks mm. did not have stock. Mm, they and, didn't and anticipate, yeah. Exactly. And he ended up finding a company here in South Africa sure. that could supply him um, with masks. And that guy became an overnight success. And he disrupted you know, and, the market. And he stopped working. He, he was working. <laughs> he stopped his, uh, um, I mean, working. And yeah. he, he solely... You know, you know yeah. uh, became a what do you call what what do we a say? COVID premier clearly at this point in time. Yeah, but now uh, he's working in the medical field now. Sure. You know, but it was a side thing that mm. sort of like boomed because of demand and ended up making a lot of money. Mm. So, what's your take on COVID premiership and maybe other events that happen? People all of a sudden just take. Um, mm. Advantage of that boom? Would you say are they real entrepreneurs or is it just? being opportunistic mm. um well they are real entrepreneurs so just falling back on that definition that we had so it doesn't necessarily have to be a new product that is in the you know the market it can be something as simple as in this community and area is the service of product being delivered if it's yeah. a no and you've identified a new market or area there's value add that you can have in that specific environment right so definitely they'd be called real entrepreneurs i think the one thing to then highlight is to say simply because we call somebody an entrepreneur yeah does not mean they will forever be called an entrepreneur okay. and i think okay. that that's, that's a new one to me <laughs> That distinction is very important because remember when we looked at the three areas, the, the last part was in the continuous act of um, actioning action. or executing yeah. in a particular area. So if a person was able to identify an opportunity during the COVID season and they were selling PPE, great, we can consider them an entrepreneur. They yeah. were adding value within the market, great. By the time they stop, they're no longer called entrepreneurs because they're not doing the three things that we highlighted earlier on. Oh, okay. um, so the sustainability of that qualifies you to be called an entrepreneur so if, i always give an example of being a medical doctor when you study medicine and you start practicing we can forever call you a doctor 
because yeah, yeah. that's what you Do-do-do. are. But in the space <laughs> of entrepreneurship, <laughs> within the space of entrepreneurship, it's different. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to sustain it. So continuously being able to um, identify gaps and opportunities, and it can be within the same business, for example. So if you've identified that I can actually. Um, innovate from a price perspective then this month you're experimenting with price the next month you're experimenting with color the next month you're you know experimenting with location etc then we can recognize it as that what we also have are like those lifestyle entrepreneurs so somebody will say yeah but you know my dad um, owns a butchery in our local community so he's an entrepreneur i'm like okay cool Let's move along with that example of a butcher. When they started, they identified a location, they had the products in the store, you know, they had specials on certain days, etc. During that process, we could call them an entrepreneur. By the time they normalize and there are no longer any kind of changes or any kind of innovation that takes place. So he's not looking for another store to open in. He's not playing around with his pricing anymore. So he knows on Mondays, Mohoru Mondays, mm. this is the price what we sell it on Sunday. Even knows the fluctuations and interest rates that will affect this. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we can call that person a business owner. Because now they're running the business. They no longer call them an entrepreneur because they're not innovating. They're not coming up. uh, They don't fulfill the three areas um, of the definition that we looked at earlier. Wow. So is there a difference between an entrepreneur and a businessman? Yes, there is. And I Please elaborate on that. I think before you elaborate, girls, also businesswomen... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Ah, man. Yes, you may go ahead, girls. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there are complexities with running a business. And I think when um, you get to a point where you're no longer innovating um, and you're no longer coming up with new ways of doing things for your particular brand or company, then we can call you a business owner. Um, Oftentimes this this happens when you're not necessarily part of the strategic kind of considerations um, and also executional elements of your business. So let's take somebody like a, no, let me not use names. I might get into trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Careful. (laughs) Any kind of person that has started a company, let let me take myself. Mm. I'm now the founder of Dikadzom. When I started out, I had different offerings, um, etc. So I'm an entrepreneur as I start out. Then I build a team around me. I have a CEO, I have a CFO, I have a CMO. I have all these people that are working with me um, on this business. And I no longer have any kind of execution control over the business. Now what happens is the Exco team comes to me, gives suggestions. I say yes or no, etc. So I'm no longer the person that comes up with new markets or comes up with new product lines that we can have in the business or uh, plays around with the pricing that needs to be you know, fluctuated every now and then. I'm just the person that says yes or no, because by virtue of me being one of the founders. In that case, I'm a business owner because my business is running, it's operational, it's growing. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Like it's, it's doing well, very, very well at that. But other people are then being the entrepreneurs that my business needs at that point, particular point in time. So I can forever be called a business owner uh, until kingdom come. But we call a person an entrepreneur in the act of doing entrepreneurial things. 
Sure. Sure. That's actually yeah. profound. Yeah. I and thought uh, once, we used to use once, once a pirate, oh, always. Always. <laughs> you know, once an entrepreneur, always, always. an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Gil. But I, I think I want to go back to just um, you know, when you were defining um, you know, what what could make an entrepreneur or leaders or entrepreneurs born or are they made? And you touched on, of course. It could be environment that plays a role. It could be financial support. It could be awareness, etc., etc. Now, I've always thought to myself, you know, I remember when I used to we used to come from back from church. There was this aquinia um, a shop, and you knew that Sunday, yeah. ah, all of the cars that came, <laughs> from that the church. Ah, you know that you are getting your five twenty, you know, and and that's how it was. And I thought to myself, but. Why why is it limited to the garage? In my mind, if the demand of these maguinas when we know that and mind you there's a lot of other maguinas, so you know that this is the one, this is the place. Yeah. How come it in in 5 years time, 10 years time, 20 years time, it's still in the garage? Is there it, no expansion plan? Is there no sustainability? Is there no I see that a factory where we're you know selling it to the world? Yeah. You know, is it is it are we limited in terms of that? And is it from a culture perspective? Is it from lack of education? Maybe thinking mm. to say that, ah, you know, it's just... And little do, you know, we then saw brands like, I think it's Sasko later on, that actually had now on the shelves. Because in yeah. my mind, I was thinking, I mean, yeah, why don't they... Yeah, why don't they actually sell this in a, in a bigger quantity, in different forms, you know, where yeah. people can actually go make it at their homes. Of course, the marketer in me is already thinking of content. I mean... I mean, I could see this on a live. This is even pre-COVID, long before COVID. Yeah. You know, do this on a live and have people actually covering their, 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 you know, dough. But all of that, in my mind, I was thinking it can't be limited to 20 years. It, and I think still now. It reminds me still, of Kota Cho. Yeah. Kota Cho? Yeah. yeah. We used to have it on campus, I think, or something like that. Yeah, well, we also had it yeah. on campus. You know, how, how, how are we just limited to it just being there and just staying there? In the garage you know I've seen like they, and, and these are brands that I've seen now people are making big and they're making it quite big uh, you know how, how why are we just limiting it to just the minimal mm. Mm. I think that's a very good question I don't think I have an answer for that mm. um, primarily because it depends on people's circumstances mm. um, some people prefer for it to be um, small and local because they prioritize other things. They prioritize mm. family, they prioritize church, you know, they prioritize other elements of their lives more than they do. They are concerned about growing a business to a point where they have excess um, and having to have those kind of complexities in place. Sure. Um, for us, it might be like an, an element of awareness, right? So not knowing what the next right steps might be or just mm. an element of fear to say, I know my community, I know my people, so I can deliver the best service ever. By the time I need to go to a new community, mm. what are the considerations I'd need to, to have in place? Um, most people also don't know how to conduct market research. You know, some yeah. of the tools that we use within entrepreneurial education is being able to provide the tools that are required 
um, in order for people to think strategically and also on a large scale and not just, you know, limited to one kind of area. So the moment you know how to conduct your market research, to go out and understand your customers, be able to conduct surveys and iterate the whole time as you grow, that helps with being able to grow and scale your business beyond the comfort of what you already know about your specific community or area. So I think there can be a, a number of reasons. Sometimes it might be resources. Right. Mm. So having the thought of going out and opening a completely new store. So having to build or rent out or, you know, those kind of considerations might be um, at the forefront as well. So that's what I'm saying. It can be a plethora of um, reasons why people choose, either choose or out of necessity, just have to to remain small for that particular point in time. But we rely on people like you, Mbumi and Pet. To <laughs> yeah. to, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, have big companies and having good brands that grow beyond what we are used to now. Mm. Yeah. So, so actually, I mean, like you say, it's very much circumstantial in, mo- in most cases, and there's a plethora of, of reasons why they stay in that garage or they stay on that corner for many years. Um, but let's look at those that actually do now open franchises and have multiple stores in multiple locations or end up even, you know, operating at a global level so what is it that they have that those guys that just you know end up at the corner shop or end up at the garage Mm. don't have yeah so i think a lot of it is around um an internal locus of control um so yes there's an element of the so, environment so internal <laughs> locus of control and i'll break down some of the competencies yeah. just now but yeah there's one area which is external that focuses on how people were raised um but also that's not always the, the greatest of indicators because um in good households some people might decide not to be you know entrepreneurs that that are high impact entrepreneurs in society mm. in poor backgrounds people you'd have your Uh, people that are very unique and they scale up and Mm. they grow beyond circumstances right so there are external considerations around funding around the support you get from family around the exposure you get from an educational perspective or access to internet and having mobile devices you know all of that Mm. um, and, and that level of exposure but a lot of um the entrepreneurs it's it's about what they internally hold and there's certain competencies that we see across the board that have come to the forefront to say if you have some of these competencies and characteristics then your chances of succeeding as an entrepreneur are slightly larger than with Mm. most people so these are people that are able to um, you know, identify and, and have a good assessment for for identifying gaps and opportunities in the market. So, you know, you'll have two people walking down the street and one person will be bothered that there's rubbish here and then they moved to change that situation mm. where the other person just becomes blind to it and then they just move on, right? So the one that's able to identify a gap and they're like, yo, yo, okay, this is bothering me and I want to do something about it are the ones that we would then hold to say they've got characteristics of an entrepreneur these are people who are problem solvers um, so not only do they recognize the gap or opportunity but they they're able to um, solve the problems that we are seeing these are people that have the ability to think innovatively you know 
um, whether it's disruptive innovation or incremental innovation, again, under the definition of innovation, there's a you know many definitions that we can go into there, but it's somebody that is able to think innovatively to say, what kind of value add can I bring into this specific area um, or this specific problem that I've identified? It's people who have resilience, you know, people who don't always just take no for an answer. If one door is closed, they find another alternative or they go in deeper to understand why they got a no and push beyond just getting a no. Most people will just give up from the get-go. They'll say, ah, no, this is too hard. Let me go back to my nine to five. (laughs) (laughs) But you need to exercise that muscle of resilience in order to see the the big results that you want to see within the entrepreneurial space. These are people that have high autonomy, so they don't necessarily rely on somebody else or a manager to tell them, you need to do this today. They're Mm. like, okay, cool. No, I need to do this. I need to reach out to this person. I need to have this in this and the store, you know, high level of autonomy, high level of curiosity you know having a growth mindset um, and not necessarily a fixed mindset a fixed mindset is one way a person comes in they're used to things operating a particular way they don't really want to change when they're given feedback they see it as criticism and not an opportunity to grow so being able to have a growth mindset to to take in some of the feedback that you get from your customers or stakeholders and iterating the product or service that you've got Um, Having high levels of value creation, you know, people that are really values driven and really want to see a positive change in society, people who have a high level of self-efficacy, people who, you know, who take calculated risks. So when, whenever we get to the risk part, people mm-hmm. always say, yeah, no, I, I take risks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where you go off and, you know, cash in all your retirement money and then mm. open this one. So not necessarily a calculated risk. So we need to be very specific and not just say risk taking. It's calculated risk, mm. right? To say, um, you might open the store, but you haven't done enough like market research to find out if there's a need for what it is that you want to sell. Mm. Um, or or the service that you want to provide within a particular community. So it needs to be calculated, backed up by data, backed up by research, conversations with people around to find out if you're able to sell or not. Um, And I think the last part I want to touch on is really just a great sense of leadership, you know, Um, being able to lead not just yourself, but having that ability to sway people to follow you as a leader. So if you're going out and you're selling a particular product, people need to respect you enough as a leader to say, yo, if Mbumi is the one that is doing one, two, three, four, five, yeah. that means it'll be good for me as well. You know, So just being able to be a good leader within society. Um, I think with the work that I do, I always advocate for ethical and responsible entrepreneurship, right? Mm. So don't take, we don't cut corners, man. <laughs> this thing of corruption is not okay. Mm, this yeah. thing of like tenderpreneuring and, you know, this person killing this person or this mm. person giving, you know, specific tender to this person without due diligence is not okay. And I sure. think it's doing more harm than, it, than it's doing good in society. Um, yeah. But anyways, I think that's I a conversation. The, I guess that's another one that we missed when you were defining the types of entrepreneurs, the tenderpreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You've, you've touched on such, such, such important um, characteristics. I think I'm looking yeah. at myself and I'm trying to identify and like and like for real for real hmm? is a person here um but but you are quite right it does require resilience it, it does yeah. require um calculated at times we're not sure because yeah. you know calculated can be you know and a, a difficult one because arithmetically maybe you're just not arithmetic 
So, yeah. <laughs> so, so your calculations might have been entirely off. No, but but I mean, jokes aside, um, yeah. um, these are really important characteristics that that make up this leader. Yeah, they, actually, there's a Hebrew uh, word that I'm reminded of, chuspa. Mm. You know, um, it, it 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 refers to you must have the audacity, mm. you know, to say to think that you can change the world and or you can do things differently and sure. you can start that business. Mm. So that's also what entrepreneurs, I think most people have is mm. that chuspa that says look me and me only yeah, I, can do this. I can do this and watch me do it wow you know so yes. yeah um very interesting insights you shared with us there no um girls i think you've you've i mean we we've i know in terms of leadership you've we've worked on on projects around leadership and and that is vital um i've always said and i and i was saying I actually was looking for a course where I wanted to understand leadership and sometimes we think that we take it for granted um, that you lead and we're leading people, we're leading the world and the world in terms of them understanding what it is that we're selling. Um, Like Hila was referring is that, you know, once I know, you know, that, oh, it's Pat, okay, I can, I can almost respect um, the product or the surface that com- or service rather that comes from from whatever it is that he's communicating or, or, or selling yeah. um, because I know him I know his the values. brand man is in me just when it talks about branding uh, brand, <laughs> personal branding personal but, branding but yes, I think yeah. you've touched on so many things and we would expand this conversation and it would be a lot longer um, yeah. but I think you've covered most of the questions around you know our leaders when, and entrepreneurs and I always identify entrepreneurship as leadership for me is that as much as you're there and sometimes learning to take the back seat at times i think gila did mention that you know once there's now a team mm-hmm. um you're almost just by virtue of being now a leader you are the one of stamp of approval just a reminder is it still in line with what we said we wanted to do you know yeah. you are quality assurance basically but now the narrative of this brand is, is is carried by so many people and i think we'll talk about influencer marketing because the question was around now that we have influencer influencer marketers yeah. um you know and 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 we have influences how is the brand uh, still authentically told as we wanted to because previously we had of course our celebs we had the big people who were telling them this yep. is what you're going to say about the brand whereas now you know with the nano influences and other influences we're yes. saying this is the story now authentically tell the story you mm. know um so so those are interesting things and and that actually come up and, and out of this conversation I think so yeah. so for me I just want to thank Gile for for such insight on a leader on an entrepreneur on yeah. how you know conversations around expansion sustainability of these of these brands yeah yeah um, I mean Gile I cannot thank you enough with the insights um, that you shared with us today with regards to whether entrepreneurs are born or not and I would like you to answer that like as a closing remark but there's one thing that also i want to bring up i mean i'm very passionate about education you know Mm. i'm a strong believer of of education and another trend that we're seeing now is that obviously people look at the likes of mark zuckerberg and um bill gates and they read their stories and they say no they didn't finish school they are dropouts therefore there's no need for education and anyone can be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I just want your thoughts on that before, uh, as a parting shot, maybe, you know, the role of education in entrepreneurship. Mm. Thank you so much for that, Pat. Um, education is very important. Evidence and studies do show that 
the high impact entrepreneurs, the ones that are able to hire 500 people in their organizations and grow beyond the borders of the countries are generally people that either are educated in the formal sense or are educated from an experienced perspective. So that level of, of um, awareness, that level of experience and having an educational background definitely does assist with creating sustainable and high impact kind of organizations. Um, the ones that we see that are like so people will speak about Mark Zuckerberg as a dropout, but he dropped out of Harvard, guys. Like a West Hall or if, maybe that's not a good example to give, but what I'm saying is <laughs> <he dropped laughs> <out. laughs> yeah. um, it was just to go in. To yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And people like him are really outliers. And mm. I don't want us to continuously put that narrative to the forefront because yeah. it's only like one, five or 10 megs in mm. the world where you see people who drop out and are doing exceptionally well. I'm not saying they don't um, exist. They do, but they are more, you know, unique cases, special cases, the outliers, then they are generally the people that change society um, on a larger scale. So we need more people to be educated. We do need more people to learn, whether it's formal or informal, for them to learn. Um, and I think uh, earlier on, I touched on how um, whether entrepreneurs are born or made being a function of both, right? One area being about purpose and the other one being learned behavior. And I still I still stick to that. Um, and I think as part of my closing remarks, it's just to remind everybody to hashtag keep your dreams alive. As so always. Nobody can tell you that you can be born yeah. or you don't know, learn. This is entirely up to you, but keep your dreams alive. Thank wow, you so much, Kelly. Thank, Thank you. you so much for your time. Much appreciated. <laughs> Thank you so much, girls. No, thank you both. Really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Uh, remember to share this podcast if you found it valuable. And yeah, leave us a review, comments. We like that. Um, we definitely want to grow with you. And it is through your feedback that we'll grow. Certainly. Please make sure to, like Pat has said, listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or um, Apple Podcast. Um, do leave your comments there. Um, share it with a friend. Uh, and also do tell us if you've learned something uh, what would you like to learn if you are yourself an entrepreneur having maybe an issue um, share that it, it, it's, it's conversations we want to have it's discussions we want to have um, moving forward and find solutions to it have a lovely one goodbye goodbye thank you for listening to this podcast do make sure that you follow us on social media at I am Pat Masangu and at Mbomi underscore Sacha. This podcast is brought to you by Lerato Agency and Lenala Beauty. <laughs>